This podcast was adapted from a live radio broadcast originally aired on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. We are back. You're listening to On Wisconsin on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. For those of you who are just tuning in, we are chatting with Ross Cooper, the new engineer at WSUM. The opinions expressed on the show do not reflect the views of WSUM, University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Ross, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, as we previously stated, Ross Cooper is our new full-time professional engineering supervisor. So, in your own words, what do you do as our engineer? Uh, I always like to just tell people that I fix things. Uh, I keep the station on the air. If uh, something breaks, I fix it. I'm generally on call for emergencies, that kind of thing. Many are saying. (laughs) Yeah, even this morning before Ross came in, we had some technical issues, but luckily Ross is coming in today, so shout out Ross. Part of the job. And yeah, before you came to WSUM, you worked at Rice University's student radio station, KRTU, as their chief engineer. What was that like? Uh, Just a quick correction, it's actually KTRU, KTRU. Oh, excuse me. Uh, That's all right. Um, Yeah, it was a fantastic station, um, and it was really my, my first introduction to full-time working for a radio station. I had been a DJ in college before, and going back to work at a radio station was kind of like a, a dream come true in so many ways. Uh, getting to work with the students and seeing the projects that they're working on and helping them to realize their vision. Uh, it was just very inspiring work for me, and it was just something that I really loved. Wow, I have so many follow-up questions to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many years did you work there? Uh, I like to tell people uh, on and off for... Uh, about 10 years just because I I started there about 13 years ago now. Uh, I worked for five years continuously and I I actually resigned the position uh, because my wife at the time had gotten a job opportunity in Baltimore. So uh, I went with her uh, there, but I ended up coming back after uh, my successor passed away uh, during the COVID times. So um, I I went back and I returned for another, uh, I guess it's about three years or so. So my tenure was, was fairly long because I, I still helped out uh, when I was um, um, over in, in Baltimore and then Nashville. So I did a bit of consulting work for KTRU during that time. So uh, 10 years off and on, <laughs> but um, full-time about seven, eight years. And and you used to have your own, sh- like, you used to be a part of your radio of your college? Yes. <laughs> so well, it wasn't actually the college radio station. So I went to Texas A&M University. Yeah. Uh, and that's in, in College Station, Texas. There's a, a sister city called Bryan where they have a, a community radio station, KEOS. Uh, and that was my introduction to radio. I had a, a friend in one of my, uh, is actually a music technology class that I was taking at, at Texas a and is like, hey, we've got a, a you know a show on the, the radio station. Do you want to come by and do some circuit bending? I was like, yeah, that, that sounds great. So I went and did some, some live circuit bending. And that, that's where I basically had an old Casio keyboard and I opened it up and it was kind of, playing with the guts of it to make a lot of noisy sounds on air. It was, it was a lot of fun. And from there, I ended up getting my own show for about uh, was maybe four and a half, five years. What was your show about? Uh, I played um, IDM and just kind of uh, experimental electronic weird stuff. Um, so this was uh, the era of Warp Records uh, around 2000, uh, 2003, 2006. There's a lot of really good music out at the time. Do you have any plans for your own show here at WSUM? I I do not. <laughs> uh, I always tell people, you know, um, it would be really nice to have my own show, but I, I really feel like my time in the station can be better spent doing other things. <laughs> so uh, maybe once I get through all my projects, um, uh, I 
that might be in five or six years or so. <laughs> yeah, speaking of projects around the station, what do, what are some projects that you have planned for the station? Oh, goodness, yeah. I just came in um, was about a, a week ago, two weeks ago. I haven't been here very long, and so I'm I'm still learning the ropes. Um, I've, I've mostly been getting familiar with all the documentation, all the systems. There's a lot of equipment here that I've never used before, so I'm spending a lot of time reading manuals and, and just doing some... Uh, some basic review of the, the documentation and troubleshooting. So um, until I have more data, until I really know what's going on, I can't really commit to anything. Uh, but one of the things that I always love to do coming into a, a, a complex system like this where there's just a lot of moving parts is I like to do a full inventory and then I like to do um, you know, a full audit of the, the signal chain. So from the, the microphone all the way out through the antenna, um, it's it's really uh, kind of a fun project to go through step by step and see okay well how is how is the signal getting from here to there uh, what kind of technology is being used is everything looking okay in terms of levels or quality is does it uh, live up to to my standards so that's that's probably going to be a, a big part of my next few months. That's awesome knowing knowing what your office looks like that will probably be a lot to sift through, but probably <laughs> a very fun outcome with the holistic view of everything. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about radio and broadcast is that, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time as a, a programmer thinking that was what I would be doing out of college. But, um, you know, it's a lot of sitting down and staring at a screen. And one of the great things with broadcast is you get to work with your hands a lot. So um, sure, I'll be at a computer for a lot of the time, but I also get to fiddle with some cables and turn some knobs. And uh, something about that just helps to keep me sane throughout the day. Yeah, you shared a little bit about your experience as a DJ, but how did you get your start in audio and broadcast engineering? Oh, goodness, that's <laughs> that's a bit of a story. Uh, so out of college, um, I'd actually I'd studied music and music technology when I was at university, so I spent a fair bit of time working in the, the music computer lab uh, where all the, the different music students were recording or working on projects, just doing basic uh, networking and troubleshooting there. I worked in the, the um, recording studio as well, which was really fantastic opportunity to to work with microphones, mixer boards, and start learning about DSP and production. And then uh, out of college, I was thinking I might uh, work for some studio, but I couldn't get an internship that really worked out. So I ended up doing live sound and uh, kind of going around the, the Texas regional area for different festivals and things like that. Uh, then after that, I ended up doing uh, theater design and installation, a lot of new construction, um, running cables, ba basically being uh, what I call a cable monkey on construction <laughs> projects. So whenever we would design like a, a theater or we would design a, a PA system for a hospital, uh, I'd be there for the whole project from start to finish. So running the cables through attics, running the cables uh, on, on construction sites, and then um, at the very end of the process, finishing the install and then doing any kind of uh, troubleshooting, things like that. Uh, and then from there, it was just a, a quick hop over to, to working in radio because I'd, I'd gotten all the experience working with microphones, with networking, with computers, with programming, and um, then also with uh, working with cables and, and more complex systems of uh, system design. Oh, that's so fun. I love all the different angles you've you've gotten to experience. I, t I took a music production class in high school. It was the most fun class ever, I have to say. Did you do like more production side of it or, or like post-production or more like live recording stuff, if uh, that makes sense? Uh, I did a fair amount of both. I'd say that mm. my specialty is really with DSP, mm -hmm. uh, so digital signal processing or post-production. 
Uh, that's something that for whatever reason I can just really lose myself in the process. Um, I could really spend six or eight hours straight and forget to eat a lot of the times <laughs> when I'm working on something like a, a getting a good mix to, to sound great or, or designing some kind of a, a new uh, software plugin or something like that. That's so fun. I heard you came for snakes. It probably would have been one of your first snake sessions on Friday. Did you enjoy that then? Oh, it's yeah. a lot of music stuff. Yeah, that was actually my second snake sessions. I was there uh, the week before. Uh, Ethan's been doing a really great job of that for uh, those of you that listen and, and don't know, Ethan's always at the board for the snake sessions. And yes. so uh, I got to see him uh, the the week before last uh, kind of doing his thing and um, spent a lot of time talking with him about like, hey, you know, what's your process? Uh, what do you like to do? What what sort of things are, are you having trouble with that maybe I can help out with? And uh, so this last Friday I was there and I, I gave him a couple of tips before he got started. And um, you know, I'm trying to just help him out a little bit every week and see if maybe there's something new that we can learn about or implement each week to make the process go a little bit smoother. Um, I'm a big stickler for, for quality. So I love trying to find uh, new ways that I can facilitate uh, some form of uh, uh, creative expression, whether it's in the performance itself or whether it's in some aspect of the production. Uh, it's just uh, endlessly entertaining for me. So I, I get a kick out of it. Yeah. I love how it's like creative collaboration. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing is, you know, you've got the band performing and a lot of people like they think like, oh, yeah, it's it's the band. But there's also the mixer. There's also the people uh, oftentimes doing uh, some form of production work. If you've got a, a stage production, you've often got lighting technicians, you've got all kinds of things happening. And when everyone can work together, uh, those kind of collaborative projects just really become something magical. Yes, I know Fridays around the station is like there's always around like at least 10 people working on something related to snake sessions so it's always really fun to watch it all come together yeah the, the people that uh, clean up the room both before and afterwards <laughs> move all the, the tables <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're the real heroes honestly yeah and going along with that so far um, what are some of the biggest challenges you face since arriving at WSUM and what are some of your favorite parts about WSUM oh goodness challenges uh, time management is, is always yes. a thing uh, I always want to try to do everything, and, and that's uh, always been a weakness of mine because I'm something of a perfectionist. Uh, anytime I encounter something that, that doesn't live up to my expectations, I get really hard on myself. So um, one of the ways I mitigate that is by trying my best to, to work with other people and, and get other people's perspectives on, on how I'm doing and maybe what I should be prioritizing. Uh, Kelsey, the, the GM here, has been, been really good about that, about uh, meeting with me regularly, making sure that I'm I'm fully resourced, and um, you know if if we do need to to delegate uh, other tasks, you know that's really the main thing. Uh, coming out of college, in particular, I wasn't very good at, at delegating and asking for help because I I really wanted to just prove that I could do everything. And you know, there's something great about that, but there's also strength in being able to ask for help in just the right way and uh, uh, making sure that you can communicate things that you can't do. Um, that's a lot more of what I've been leading into lately. Yes, Kelsey is, I like even just as a part-time person here, like I talk to Kelsey like regularly about like boundary setting, delegation, so helpful and such an important skill to like learn how to do for yourself, advocating for yourself too. Yeah, speaking of work-life balance, what are some of your hobbies outside of WSUM? <laughs> well, I think a couple of you saw me yesterday doing some <laughs> juggling. Um, yeah, I, me and my fiance, we're, we're big into to movement and circus arts. So 
Um, she does uh, circus aerials, and uh, we both really love to dance. We were actually at a, a dance event last night here on campus, and that was really nice. So, uh, uh, you any had the energy for that after the <laughs> whole trip yesterday? <laughs> so, uh, truthfully, truthfully, I did not have the energy. Um, but uh, Chelsea really wanted to go, and she ended up yeah. kind of talking me into it. Um, she was, of course, you know, very gentle, saying that she wanted to go, but that if I, you know, if I didn't have the energy, if I didn't think I could do it, then we could stay home. But um, I just—it's one of those things where, when it comes to movement and exercise. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just feel really low energy. It's like, you know, I just want to relax and maybe just watch some television show or just do do nothing at all. But if I can get out and get the blood flowing, something just kind of wakes up um, and it's like, okay, well, I actually feel better now that I'm moving and now I have the energy to do stuff. And being around people mm-hmm. energizes me sometimes. So all those things were true last night. Uh, we got out, we got to, to do some dancing. It was really fun. Um, and it ended up uh, uh, being a really great evening. Yeah, I know yesterday at the WBAs, which is um, Wisconsin Broadcasters Association, the Student Forum, um, do you want to tell everyone what you were doing yesterday right before the awards ceremony? Oh, yeah, yeah, I had my, my juggling balls there too. I, I, try, to, I try to keep uh, my juggling balls in my backpack or, or in my car just because occasionally there's a moment where nothing is happening. It's like, you know what, I can be doing something now, I can be... Uh, practicing a bit so no because everyone was like everyone in the room was like so entertained (laughs) for those like 10 minutes it was great it was so fun to watch yeah thank you (laughs) do you ever like juggle objects besides juggling balls like do you ever try to challenge yourself uh not really so uh my particular niche is something called contact juggling um and that's that's really the main style that um i try to focus on i do i do a little bit of toss juggling with with regular uh like the beanbag balls uh, the the Madison Circus Space, which is a, a local community, a lot of the jugglers there are into juggling clubs, which mm-hmm. is very new for me. But uh, they're very big on clubs and club passing, which is just immensely fun to watch. They're extremely talented, but I, I'm I'm really not good at juggling clubs. So if if I want to do any kind of passing with them, I'm going to have to practice and get better. So that's that's kind of a, a new thing that maybe over the the coming months and years I might get better at. But um, most recently, just because of uh, uh, the Madison Circus community, me and Chelsea have been exploring something called the German Wheel. Uh, that is a lot of fun. I, I did not expect to like it. It it looks really challenging. It looks extremely difficult, but it ended up being way more accessible than I thought. And it feels really good, surprisingly. We should have like a talent show at WSUM so we can all see you <laughs> juggle. Well, I, I hope there'd be other people as well. Yeah, I would love to see everyone's talents. How did you get your start in juggling? Uh, back in high school. So uh, I had a friend of mine that um, he brought one of the uh, uh, the contact juggling spheres into uh, class one time and he was just playing around with it. And I thought, wow, that looks really cool. And so he, he taught me a couple of tricks and it, it just felt really good. You know, I'd seen people juggling before, but it was toss juggling. And uh, I've never had the best hand-eye coordination. <laughs> so I, it was never something that I thought that I would get into. But when I saw contact juggling, I realized like there's, you know, it, it never leaves your body. It just kind of looks like it's sticking to you all the time because you're rolling it around. And something about being in contact with it, that dexterity and proprioception was more accessible to me than having to rely on, on what I was seeing and, you know, the, the hand-eye coordination of typical juggling. So there's just something about it that felt really good and was very soothing and calming for me. So I'd spend a lot of time at, at home in my room. I just put on some music and relax and do a little bit of flow. So I kind of think of it like a, a flow toy. So if you've ever seen things like 
poi or a, a, you know fire spinning or, or staff things like that it's it's a very similar kind of feeling a similar sensation do you think that the dexterity that you got from juggling helps with your work now as an engineer oh goodness that's a good question uh, i honestly don't know uh perhaps maybe um i and I don't do a lot of fine dexterity work, um, but occasionally there is a system where, you know, there's a, a, a very small screw that I've got to get to b uh, behind a rack or uh, between a, a couple of pieces of equipment. Uh, in that case, uh, maybe. Um, yeah, it's very possible, I guess. I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> yeah, and you briefly explained a little bit about contact juggling. And I honestly don't really... I didn't even know that there are different kinds of juggling. So what's the difference between contact juggling and toss juggling? Oh, yeah. The, the main difference is that with toss juggling, you're, you're throwing some kind of thing in the air. Usually it's uh, bean bags or, uh, you know, plastic balls or it's uh, some kind of club or thing like that. With contact juggling, it's uh, whatever the object is, it's generally staying in contact with your body. So you spend a lot of time balancing and rolling things around between your hands, arms, and chest. Um, some people are really good and they can uh, roll things all over their body from their, their back down their legs. There's a, a fantastic juggler for Cirque du Soleil called Victor Key. Uh, he has a fantastic performance in Draleon that I highly recommend. Uh, if you're interested in seeing some uh, top tier contact juggling, he, he does some body rolls up and down his body, uh, including uh, toss juggling as well. So it's a, it's a wonderful performance that I, I thankfully got to see live when I was a, a, a young boy. Do you use those like fushigi balls, you oh, know, yeah. those like clear ones that are that they always like advertise in those infomercials yeah. on like Disney Channel? Exactly. That's exactly right. So the, the fushigi is actually, uh, I guess that's a, um, they had some kind of a, a patent. Uh, they, they made their own brand name uh, uh, product. And I think if I can remember correctly, it's uh, a plastic ball. Then on the inside, it has a, a smaller metal sphere. Yeah. So it looks like there's a metal sphere in the middle. So that's the, the fushigi. And um, there's a, a little bit of, I guess, drama in the, the contact juggling community about it because uh, contact juggling had been around for many years when fushigi came out and started doing their, uh, their big promotions and commercials and whatnot. And uh, the Fushigi product, they were trying to brand it as their own. He's like, no, this is this is an art form. This isn't, you know, uh, just like a brand name product. It's like uh, talking about all soda and calling it Coke or Pepsi. You know, you can offend some people if you uh, are wanting a Dr. Pepper and, you know, they hand you a Coke or something like that. So, uh, um, but yeah, that that is exactly right. The Fushigi is uh, is that same um, that same art form, that same skill set. Um, it takes a fair amount of practice. It's uh, it's much harder than it looks, um, but uh, it's it's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah, and going back to some of your other experiences in the arts, um, you mentioned earlier that you earned your bachelor's in music, and I remember when, um, like just before you came to the station, Kelsey shared out a bio that I think, that I believe you wrote up, um, and it says that you contributed to various music festivals, and Madison has a really prolific um, local music scene. Can you share a little bit about your experiences with music festivals? Oh yeah. Well, so uh, I've I've done a fair amount of things with music. I've um, starting in college, I w I composed music actually. That was uh, part of my focus is music technology and composition were the the two things I spent most of my time on. When it comes to music festivals, that uh, primarily I I didn't really do much in the way of performance. I only ever worked the boards or behind the scenes. So um, I spend most of my time doing front of house mixing 
um, and monitor mixing, set up that kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, I was never much for, for performer. I, I generally would either write music for other people or mix other people's music or produce other people's music. But um, yeah, South by Southwest was the, uh, the big festival that I had the most fun with. Uh, most of the regional festivals in Texas were either uh, country, bluegrass. I remember there's a, a Zydeco festival that was uh, just a lot of interesting stories from that time that I won't get into. But um, the, the South by Southwest was uh, a great stage where I got to see a lot of uh, bands that I knew, some, some indie acts and, and whatnot. So um, really, that that's most of my experience from festivals. A lot of people ask me, like, hey, Ross, do you, do you go to concerts in your free time? And I tell them, well, you know, every time I go to a concert, it just feels like I'm at work. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I just spent so much time there uh, on the the production side of things that it's I guess it's harder for me to relax than for most people. Well, South by Southwest, wow, what's what's the story behind that? Oh, that was just the uh, you know South by Southwest in Austin. It's just a massive music festival that happens every year. Um, if you've never been, it's it's really quite the event, and the the whole city just kind of shuts down downtown, and it's um, it's really a wonderful time if you want to catch a lot of music, or at least it, it was. It's I know that um, people say like, oh, it's it's not what it was. It's become something different, and and maybe that's the case. But uh, I haven't really been there in uh, uh, probably fifteen uh, fifteen years at least, so I, I couldn't speak to uh, to the modern South by Southwest anymore, but. Um, it's it's really fantastic because pretty much every venue in downtown Austin has music continuously for uh, it's like a week, a week and a half, something like that. So there's the the official South by Southwest venues that have a lot of fantastic bands playing, and of course there are you know all the the top names that everyone knows. But then there's also um, all kinds of smaller venues around the city that will still host bands in the spirit of South by Southwest, and so they're not uh, on the official. A lineup for the festival they'll still have their own uh lineup for the venues and uh, so you can really catch a lot of uh, uh great bands both uh local and international there yeah that's super cool i know um amani and lexi are planning on going to south by southwest so you can give them all the tips and tricks for surviving in austin <laughs> i don't know about that it's definitely changed a lot since i've been there but uh, uh yeah i'd say the main thing is uh um trying to to secure good transportation and lodging is is going to be the the most difficult part. Uh, getting around the city during South by Southwest is really difficult. But if you can get a nice place downtown, it, it should be a lot easier. Yeah. Going along with that, what's your vision for the station? Oh, goodness. I don't <laughs> honestly I don't really have much of a vision for the station. Uh it's, that's one of the things about working for a college station like this, um working with Kechu and then now working here is I really try as much as I can to facilitate the students' vision, uh, and something that I've I've been trying to talk with uh, a lot of different people about, and I'll probably corner you each individually sometime and ask this as well. But I've really been trying to get a feel for you know what projects are you working on, what vision do you have, uh, what are you trying to implement, and and you know one is uh, what's your idea of the the brand of WSUM, what kind of thing are you trying to preserve or uh, bring uh, into the future for the next generation because uh, I'm, I'm still new here. <laughs> I'm still uh, trying to figure out the culture, not just of the station, but of uh, the city and of the state. Uh, very new to Wisconsin, so I don't really understand how things work yet. But uh, the more that I can help the, the students, the more that I can help y'all to, uh, to create your projects, I think um, that's, that's really what I'm aiming for with, with uh, my time here. 
Yeah, what is it like being a permanent staff member at a place like a college radio station where there's, I guess, high turnover rates, where um, the where the people on staff change quite frequently? Oh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I know it's probably not for everyone, but I love it. <laughs> it's because um, um, it, there's something about the 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 creative energy that that students bring to the projects that, uh, and you know every every fall every every autumn when the students come in uh like you get uh, I, I always say new blood because you'll have the freshmen coming in and it's it's a completely different class it's a completely generation they have all this energy and they have completely new ideas and uh there's something about that that's very invigorating because if i'm uh, working, uh, say I'm working alone or if I'm working on a, a small team and uh, we're just kind of stuck in a rut, um, it can get very dull and repetitive. And uh, I'm the kind of person, I, I really thrive in a more uh, chaotic environment. I, I love new challenges. I love uh, new situations. I love improvisation. Uh, so when it comes to even music, I, I love uh, improvising and jazz and things like that. So um, I really, really thrive in uh, this environment with, like you said, the turnover. Uh, and it's also extremely rewarding, too, because uh, I, I get to see the freshmen come in with, with all these ideas, with all this energy, and then I get to know them over the course of, uh, you know, four, maybe five years uh, sometimes or more. Uh, and if they stick around, maybe even longer. But at some point, they end up graduating. And you know, it's kind of a sad day seeing students graduate. But my favorite thing in the world is when the students come back. You know, they they had their time here. They got to have some kind of professional experience at the station, uh, and then they graduate and they go off, uh, maybe to some other city, maybe to some other country. Um, they have a professional life for a few years, and then they come back and they're like, "Hey, Ross, it's good to see you again." And and catching up and and hearing like, "Wow, you know, seeing seeing that um, that growth is uh, is immensely inspiring." And and yeah, it, it keeps me going. It um, it gives me a reason to wake up in the morning. Yeah, that must be really inspiring. Um, going along with ideas and new blood, what's the most ambitious project you've ever worked on? Oh, goodness. Uh, that's a really tough question, honestly. I'm not sure. Um, well, WSEM, honestly, is pretty ambitious for me. Uh, it's certainly the most complex uh, technological environment I've ever had the privilege to work with, uh, just because there's multiple studios. Um, uh, you've got a, um, a production room completely separate from the main studio. You've, you've got all different kinds of projects going on. There's the, the music content, there's the news content, and then there's also the sports content. Uh, just so many people, so many moving parts. Uh, in so many ways, it's very ambitious for me. Uh, and so it's it's not uh, like a single project. It's it's many altogether, but it's you know, something I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah. And I think we have time for just one more question. But what advice would you give to students who are listening in or who are interested in audio and broadcast engineering? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's a great question. I say ask a lot of questions. Um, find people that, um, you know, seem to be doing the things that you want to do and try to form relationships and ask questions. And then uh, also a tip that I give to students all the time when I'm working with them on projects is fail faster. Uh, you know, I, I encounter a lot of young people today that 
they spend a lot of time in their head thinking about the best way to do something. And they'll spend months and months planning and thinking about, oh, maybe I can try this, maybe I can try that. Um, it's so much more effective um, oftentimes to just try things constantly. You're like, oh, maybe let's try this, let's try this. And getting through and trying something and then failing and then learning from it and then iterating, that iterative process uh, is is going to help so much with growth and learning, uh, and it's also a great way to uh, to get to know people and to to form strong relationships with colleagues. Is to have projects to try things out, uh, and then maybe things work, maybe things don't. Uh, whether or not they work or not, uh, review the process, start over, try again. Um, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Ross, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for listening in to On Wisconsin News, reported by Badgers for the rest of Wisconsin. I'm Hewan Lim. I'm Kayla Dembeck. And I'm Mary Kirsch. Thanks again and tune in next week. Looking for more from WSUM? Check out our FM signal for dynamic music and talk shows, live sports broadcasts, and daily news coverage. We're proud to bring you alternative programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Tune in to WSUM 91.7 FM Madison for something you won't find anywhere else.